Hi, I'm Brandon Briscoe, and welcome to another episode of The Postscript, Living Faith Bible Institute's weekly podcast and YouTube series devoted to interviewing pastors and professors from LFBI and across the Living Faith Fellowship. And, and so those of you who've been listening for a while to the show, uh, you hear us talking about the Living Faith Fellowship. We often interview pastors from the Living Faith Fellowship. And so just so you know and that you're aware, the Living Faith Fellowship is a peer network of churches from across the U.S. and, in fact, uh, around the world. There are pastors all over the world that uh, consider themselves a part of our network of churches. Now, these churches often agree on a handful of different things, uh, considering the Word of God and the preservation of God's Word. We all agree that the King James Bible is the authority by which we uh, practice our Christianity. Uh, we also agree uh, that missions is about church planting and about sending people all over the world to plant churches, local churches specifically, uh, that would build up believers and allow the natives in those places uh, to follow Christ. Now, at the heartbeat of that is also discipleship. We agree on discipleship. We take discipleship, particularly one-on-one -on -one mentorship, the way that uh, Paul invested in Timothy. We take that really, really seriously. And these are all the types of things that we agree upon, and it's caused us to come together and work together. And, and part of that coming together is doing annual conferences. And so in the wintertime, we have Mission Focus, where we talk about missions, and we address this, this topic of church planting and sending believers all over the world. In uh, the springtime, we have a conference that we call the Discipleship Conference, where we come together and we discuss the topic of discipleship. But in the fall, we have a conference that we refer to as the Certainty Conference, where we bring up topics that are uh, about doctrinal issues. Uh, often these are issues, uh, theological issues that we see that people struggle with in the church and across the world, things that people don't understand well. We want to shed light on those topics and allow you to understand exactly what the Bible says. And so we'll do this conference every year in New Philadelphia, Ohio, at a church called First Baptist Church of New Philadelphia. And uh, they're hosting again this year. So the conference is coming up and we want to make you aware of it. We want to uh, address that today on our show. And for that, I have my very dear friend, close friend, uh, Pastor Troy Stogsdale, pastor of First Baptist Church. And he's going to be with us today to talk about the conference and to share his heart for the topic. And so with that, I want to introduce Pastor Troy. How you doing, Brandon? That was a long intro. That was that. That was good, though. How did I, listen, I was enthralled. Wow. And you're kind of a pro at this. <laughs> no, I'm not a pro at all. Well, I, I mean, I have some experience in front of a mic, but I every so, time, like every time we'd record Theology Roundtable, I would leave like, poof. Sick to your stomach? <laughs> yeah. Just like this. I'm not very good at this. Like, you know how it was when you first started preaching when you're a young man? Uh -huh. And on a Sunday, you go home. Yes. And the, the way you feel, the dread that you feel, like, <laughs> yeah. God, did I screw it up? Right. That's kind of how I feel also after doing the show. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm well acquainted. Like, did I say <laughs> everything? Without feeling. Especially for you with the Theology Roundtable, it's such banter. Yeah, right. There's so much room for like error or like, did I say the right thing or did I quote the right verse? Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and certain times, you know, when you're just talking and you're talking fast, you'll say the wrong thing and you know the right thing. Yeah. You know, it just comes out a little weird. And also I've, I've told people this a ton, you know, I'm... I'm like a processor. Like I'm, a, I'm kind of slow. Like I think, and, and I'm not good on my feet. You want to sit with something. Are, yeah. And that, that, that forum does not allow for that. <laughs> you can't pause for 30 minutes. <laughs> no, I, go to your I can't tell study. you how many times I had something really good come to my head, like three minutes too late. 
And it's Isn't like, that, that like, ship has sailed, man. That's like being on the playground as a kid. <laughs> right. And someone says yeah, something got, mean to you. Exactly. And you think about you, the comeback. Come back, and you just can't bed? go back to it. No. Right. It's too no, late. There's no but, revisiting it. Yeah. There's, I think there's a Seinfeld episode. I do where, love Seinfeld. Yeah. Remember George gets made, up, made fun of because he's eating shrimp. Uh-huh. And one, yeah. of the, one of his coworkers makes fun of him. And he spends like the whole week trying to recreate <laughs> yeah. the situation yes. Yes. in order to use his comeback. comeback. Uh-huh. There's like the jerk store comeback. Yeah. Yes, yes. The, the, the jerk, jerk store. The That's jerk right. store called. They're <laughs> running out of you. That was his comeback. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude, I totally get that. Yeah, But, but it is what okay. it is. Yeah, right. no. And people love the shows. Yeah. They and do. they benefit from them. And so. Right. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having man, me. Man, it's so good to have you. It's way yeah. long overdue. Well, I'm glad to be here today. So when someone comes on the show for the very first time. Mm-hmm. We often want them to share their testimony, how, how they came to Christ. And there's a lot of people who already know you and may already know your testimony, sure. but there's a lot of people who, in the fellowship and, and in LFBI who might not. Yeah. So could you share about how you came to Christ and how you ended up getting discipled and, and how you ended up kind of where you are today? I mean, where God brought you. Sure, sure. You know, my, my testimony story is, you know, one that some people might consider relatively boring. I consider it a, a just a story of God's yeah. grace and mercy in yeah. my life personally. So I grew up in a Christian family, uh, parents, you know, good Christian folks, um, grew up, uh, I say literally grew up in the Kansas City Baptist Temple. Mm-hmm. My parents were members of the Kansas City Baptist Temple before I was born. My dad was a deacon. Um, so I grew up in the halls of, of, of that church. Mm. Um, so I was, you know, grew up in a Christian family, grew up at a gospel centered Bible preaching church, um, was exposed to the gospel at a young age, accepted Christ as an eight year old. Mm. Um, I remember it as clear as day, which is just, just awesome. You know, yeah. I mean, um, and eight's a good age it, yeah. because I got saved at six and it's, there are parts of it that were really vague and uh-huh. it made it hard for me yeah. when I was in middle school, I really had to wrestle well, through right. it again. Yeah. No, I remember it clear as day talking to my dad like that, that night. I don't remember what led up to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just remember I was in, I was in bed and I was like, man, I'm going to hell and I don't want to do it. And yeah. I don't want that. That's the, usually the way eight year olds think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I went and got my dad and, you know, he mm-hmm. talked me through it and we prayed and that night there, there in my bed. Um, and then, you know, so that just led to, I think a typical religious kids yeah. type of story. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it's just, you don't, you don't really understand well enough. You take things for granted, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, grow up through, through my teenage years, didn't really care, you know, about the Lord, certainly. Yeah. Um, and, you know. You were involved at school. and like, Yeah. And I of- wasn't a bad kid. I mean, I did stupid things like any kid did, but right. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't out getting arrested and stuff like that. You actually threw a baseball through your neighbor's window or something like well, that. Things I, like that. Uh, yeah, I did. I did all that stuff. <laughs> I did. And then I, we, I did break a window and took the ball and ran, but. Um, Dude. <laughs> yeah, and that, haunt, that kind of stuff haunts you. <laughs> right. You can't live it down. I. Uh, there's a basketball coach I had uh-huh. in middle school when I wasn't following the Lord, I was angsty uh-huh. and I remember being really disrespectful to him uh-huh. and this is haunting me forever. <laughs> right. And I, I reached out to him a week ago Are you serious? just to make it right. And we went and got coffee. It was awesome. He's really? a, pa- he's a pastor oh, wow. and he works with church planters. Really? It was super weird. I mean, but dang, it was God put cool it on story. my heart. Yeah. So yeah. It's good. It's called conviction. A, yeah, that yeah. is true. Yeah. I had a basketball coach throw a basketball at me one time oh, in wow. practice, but that was yeah. a different story. That was, I, 
I kind of deserved it. But yeah. Yeah. Then you were probably like me then. Well, a little bit, but it was more, I wouldn't run the play correctly. Mm. And he, three times in a row. And he got frustrated and threw a ball. That, basketball coaches were different <laughs> so they in were. the 90s. Listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would have been 80s. Okay. So they were even, you know, so this would have been like my junior high year. So I'd have been Yeah, like, these guys were rough. No, yeah. These guys wouldn't even be allowed in Mr. the gym today. Mr. McDaniel would not make it in today's <laughs> world, I'll tell you that much. Okay, um, so you were, you anyway. were that kind of kid. Yeah. Just an average yeah, kid. Just an average yeah. kid, yeah. Um, but God did get a hold of my heart um, as a junior in high school, the end of my junior year, um, and a, a series of circumstances that led to it. Um, but my brother played a, a large role in it. Um, I have an older brother, mm. and and God had dealt with him sometime before that, and mm. he ended up you know, serving a year as a missionary in Africa and was a pastor for a while. Wow. Um, and he was really working on me. And, and so at this point, I... Yeah, you know, I, I didn't go to church often, like at least in the evenings. And it was the first night of a world outreach celebration, oh, which I yeah, didn't even know what was at that time. Wow. Um, and I'd been at my brother's house that afternoon and he challenged me to go. And I did. And I didn't even tell him. Like I left and I went and I sat in the balcony by myself. And then, you know, God just wrecked me that night. Man, those conferences and, yeah. were incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Incredible. So what year would that have been? That would have been ni- nineteen ninety. Okay. Yep. 1990. Um, and so I came down and went to the altar and met Shane Crawford, who was the youth pastor mm-hmm. at the time. And, and at that point I just got, I got plugged into the, the society. I told, I told the Lord there that day at that altar, um, I'll, I'll say yes. I don't know what that, yeah. I don't know what that means, yeah. but whatever that means, well, say, which I've used, I mean, you know, maybe we'll get to the rest throughout the rest of my life, mm-hmm. you know, even to the position that I'm in today goes back to the moment at that altar man, and what I told the Lord Wow! in that prayer. That's um, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, and so, um, so yeah, th- at that point, as a, at the end of my junior year in high school, got plugged into the youth ministry and got discipled yeah. um, by a guy named Russ Catherman was one of the counselors okay. um, in the high school class at the time. And, and he kind of took me under his wing, taught me the Bible and, and um, you know, just from there, there was kind of no turning back. Now, now I was still a stupid kid and, you know, doing stupid things, yeah. and, you know, but um, I was committed to serving the Lord at that point. And yeah, the zeal was there. It was. And you were setting a path. Yep. And as far as you were concerned, it was that way or no way. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, that's wonderful. Right. And so, you know, met my wife in the youth ministry. Dude, so I we didn't know that. Yeah. So we started dating my, the end of my senior year. So okay. like a year later, uh, she was a junior. Wow. Um, and, you know, and I, so, I went to college after that. And Where'd you go to college? Uh, UMKC. Okay. So you stayed local. Stayed local. I stayed local because of the church. Yeah. 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 Which was kind of the decision I made too. Yeah. Where'd so you go? I went to UMKC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Is it almost, your story is almost exactly parallel to yeah. mine, which yeah. is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so... You started, uh, did you plug right into the college and career class with Alan then I, I after did. you graduated high school? Yep. Okay. Yep. And then talk about that experience and the training that you, you got with Alan. I mean, yeah. you were with him for a really long time. Yeah. So, so it would have went into the, I, I, I hung out in the, I was dating Jennifer and I hung out in the high school class. Shane let me a little bit longer. Oh, than, you were one I, of those guys. I, yeah, I was. <laughs> I'm not proud of it. Um, but then 
so in 92, went into the college and career class. Because at that mm -hmm. point, you know, there were really just two options at that church. You know, there was the big varsity class and okay, 600, yeah. 700 people. And then there was Allen's yeah. class. Yeah. And so oddly enough, the first, my first Sunday in there, I preached in Allen's class. What? So this was a weird deal that like at that time, so there's Sam... Sam was obviously in there. Yeah. So, okay. Just so people know, they can keep this straight. Yeah. Dean Allen Shelby of, uh, Dean of LFBI, uh -huh. a pastor at Harvest uh -huh. uh, in Blue Springs, and Sam Miles, who's the president of LFBI uh -huh. and pastor at Midtown Baptist Temple. These are all friends of yours from way back. Yeah, so, sorry. Yes. So, Pastor Sam. So, Pastor Sam uh, was in there. And then there was an, a, a, a friend of his and a friend of mine and and um, a guy that is not around in our, our churches anymore, but... but um, a, a mutual friend of ours that was a counselor in the high school class. Okay. He and Sam were working together on this sort of bridge program to introduce the the in the graduating high school students okay. into the college yeah, and yeah, career yeah. class. And for whatever reason, they had this harebrained idea of having one of those kids preach. This is the most terrible idea. <laughs> oh, I mean, ridiculous. They obviously had no idea what they were doing. And Alan let it happen. Said yes. Wow. You were scared to death. I was. And so I preached in that. Now, listen, Sam probably doesn't even remember this. I, I would be curious. This would okay, be a good okay. conversation piece yeah. one day. I don't even know if he'll remember it. But anyway, I preached. As soon as it was over, the first person I met was Pastor Sam. And he came and grabbed me. And he was like, all right, come on. You need to, you need to come with me to Sons of Thunder. You need yeah, to come with me. Which was like a Bible study yeah. group circuit riding and and Sam took me under his wing and and um and I just followed Sam around kind of everywhere. Wow. Like he would take me. So this is a goofy story but it's it's funny okay, if you yeah. want to hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you know Pastor Sam at all this will this will ring true. To okay. You. So I'm going with him there was a circuit riding ministry at the yeah. time and so we would fill the pulpit of of very small churches, usually small town churches. Right. And we were, and Sam would just take me. Uh, and sometimes he'd let me preach, sometimes he wouldn't. Uh, but it was a great experience. I, yeah. went, I was a kid. I wasn't doing anything. And so we're going to this church in Mountain View, Missouri. It's like five hours away. Mm. And so we stop in Sedalia, like an hour outside of Kansas City. You know, so we still have like three and a half, four hours to go. Right. And we go to McDonald's. We stop and grab something. He to used to love McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. And so we stop at McDonald's. We're walking back out. And he tosses me his keys and say, hey, dude, I've got to study. You've got to drive the rest of the way. At the time, he had an S10 Chevy truck that was a stick. And I did not know how to drive. Never driven a stick before in my life. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, dude, I, I can't drive. I'm, I don't, I'm sorry, man. I don't know how to drive a stick. And he was like, uh, well, you got to learn. Like, I, I have to stop. I can't drive. You have to drive. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so I got us there. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. But he, yeah, he told me, he taught me. That's how I learned how to drive a stick shift. Which is a perfect analogy perfect. for the way he does ministry. Per yes, perfect. It's so the, that was. that's Because that's how you grow up on a farm, I suppose. I guess so. That's how he learned. I but, killed that truck a few times between he, between Sedalia and Mountain View. How but did he respond I, I when he did up, it? Well, like like Sam does. Yeah, like, like, what are you doing? He, yeah, yeah, he would you a hard time. laugh and then he would get a little frustrated and you know, yeah. but make you keep going. <laughs> but make me keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I kind of, you know, by the time 
we got there. I kind of had it down. And then and you I, hadn't like destroyed his clutch. Uh, yeah, well, I'm maybe not, he drove that truck for a while afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's good. So I, that's guess, good. I guess not. So anyway, so that and 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 I. So there's two men in my life that you know, other than my physical father, that mm-hmm. you know means the world to me, and, and obviously just a great spiritual influence. Uh, but but two men, so Alan Shelby and Sam Miles. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they both taught me, you know everything it is that I know as mm-hmm. limited as that might be, it's not their fault. But, you know, I'll, I'll say, you know, I learned the Bible from Alan. I learned ministry from Sam. Mm. I learned the Bible from Sam. I learned right, ministry from Alan, of right, course. Right, right. But, but, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of. So you were in shepherd school too, then I suppose. I, 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 I started shepherd school in 1995. So okay. I would have went in the college and career class in 92. I was in, as a UMKC. You were finishing school. I was, yeah. So I waited till like my senior year. Okay. I graduated in 95 um, from college. And so like there was some, that last year, yeah. a little bit of overlap, but. And so you were, you done a lot of things between KCBT and then your time at Harvest as well. So we could talk about that too. But, uh-huh. but one of the things you helped along the way was actually for our church, Midtown Baptist Temple, to get planted. I you did. were with us a lot in those first few years. Yeah, just when it was sure. when it was Sunday evening. Yeah. Yeah. So I was part of like the original planning team mm-hmm. and um coming out here every Sunday evening. And then, you know, there's the there's the funny, famous story of me easing out. Y- yeah. Which is yeah. true. Like <laughs> as much as I as much as I wish it wasn't true. It's, it, no, it's okay. It, it is true. We were, dis- we were disappointed, but we got over it. <laughs> well, yeah, but, you um, got over it. That was actually my first, the first time I was ever around you was okay. in those years yeah. in ministry. Right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. you're a good bit younger than me. Well, I don't know about a good bit. Well, exactly. Uh, 10 years. <laughs> enough. 10 years. I turn okay. 40 next month. Okay, all right. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. But uh, tell us about you know, following Alan out to harvest and what all those ministry experiences did for you and how it got you to a place where you were ready to take a, the head pastor role at FBC. So it even starts, it really starts with the Midtown experience and just, mm. and just kind of seeing Sam and how all that worked and just kind of starting from the ground roots that right. g- gave me great experience. So that was, you know, Oh five, I think is when yep. we started that, the KCBT Midtown yeah. or whatever in the evenings. And then, you know, till 07 is when you guys yeah. kind of became a, a official. official church yeah. on Sunday morning. So it was, you know, shortly before that, whenever it was known that you guys were going to Sunday morning, that's when I was kind of faced with a decision mm-hmm. and, sure. and and decided to stay with Alan. And, and um, but then shortly after that, in 2008, they, that church asked me to start my own ministry fellowship. Mm-hmm. So from 2008, 2012, you know, I was teaching every Sunday. Um, and a ministry fellowship at KCBT. Um, and then in 2012 is when God called Alan out to harvest. Mm-hmm. And that was just, um, it, that was just clear as, as yeah. day that, yeah. that God was doing that with him and that I was going with him. Yeah. Um, like we kind of didn't even have to talk about it. I mean, we did obviously. Right. um, So God had prepared me just through, I mean, through, you know, 20 years at that point, really, you know, if if you say 92, kind of when I entered, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the college and career class up through 2012. So 20 years of ministry and leading ministries and leading discipleship, sports ministry, helping a little of everything. A church you're plan. like you've always been like kind of a utility guy. Yeah, like you yeah, could just fill just, into any role well. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then when 
and we went to harvest and there, you know, and that was an existing church, but it was a bit of a rebuild. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was just, that was, that it was clear as could be that yeah. that was what God had for us, yeah. for our family. And so, and so you were there for um, there almost ten years too, right? Almost no, si- well six, six, okay, six okay. years, six. So from from summer of 2012 to summer of 18, okay. yeah, as an associate pastor, right. And then uh, you were invited out to FBC, and yep. that's a church that's probably been on your heart for since you were young because yeah. of the relationship that uh, yeah, we've always I mean, had with FBC. Yeah, and it's so cool. The, mm-hmm. all the connections between Kansas City and that church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's crazy. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so when would hear Mark Trotter and Frank Pardue and, and those guys preach at, at Can- in Kansas City Baptist yeah, sure. Temple, you know, I always thought, man, that's, you know, Mark Trotter was this rock star. You yeah. know, he was a superstar. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh man, you know, his church must be something special. And, and I had never been out there. And so uh, you started visiting it. In the fellowship days, when the fellowship yeah, exactly. started going, yeah, yeah, exactly. And um, I, I kind of assumed it was like I had never looked it up or anything. I kind of yeah. assumed it was like a suburb of Columbus or something, right? You know? Yeah. And I said, well, "It's Mark, right? Mark's yeah. not going to be in some you know podunk small town. <laughs> not that New Philadelphia. <laughs> Listen, New Philadelphia, Ohio is it's awesome. A, it's I a love high it. class podunk. I town. love it. I love it. Truly, yeah. I love it. Uh, but it's a small town, sure. You know, and kind of out by itself. Yeah. And so. Um, but yeah, so that that connection came just through meeting Jeff Bartell, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who was the pastor of First Baptist Church at the time, and just through the Living Faith Fellowship, yeah, and just through all of the conferences, you know, mm-hmm. that we're going to talk about, yeah. and and just through the connections that that the Living Faith Fellowship brought together, um, Jeff and I struck up a relationship, and then God started doing something in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that ultimately, I mean, there's. You know, there's a bunch to this There's story. a bunch of details yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. probably aren't here. That but now you're, you're a head here, pastor, yeah, which means that you um, are intimately involved in making decisions about the conference, about the Certainty Conference. One of the big, yeah. It's a big deal for you guys to host this every year. Yeah. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Certainty Conference and why it's important for us as a fellowship, but also for FBC. Yeah, so it's, it's huge for us personally, just because, so this is our Bible conference. Um, this is the fellowship's Bible conference, mm-hmm. you know, so we have a missions conference, we have a discipleship conference. This would be, you know, our Bible conference focus on doctrinal things, like right. you said. Um, and it's, it's huge for our church for, for a couple different reasons, because, because we do have a number of out of town guests that come and we have the opportunity to host them and meet them and, mm-hmm. and just see, um, you know, what the fellowship provides with respect to relationships and see those connections. And so that's good for our people yeah. um, to see all that. But then beyond that, it, it, they, you know, get to hear, I get to choose the topics and those sorts yeah. of things that I can tailor it to what I think our church needs because the bulk of the people that are going to sure. be there is first Baptist church sure. members. Uh, so, um, you know, I can kind of gauge where we're at as a church and, and, and what I think we need to hear from mm-hmm. the, what the Lord needs to speak to us about. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, it's the biggest week on our calendar. It's you know, we, every year. We, we, we love going. Yeah. So it's, it's a big deal. So before we talk about the certainty conference, why do you think the living faith fellowship is important. You mentioned that it's an opportunity to expose the people in your church to, to the fellowship mm-hmm. and, and pastors in the fellowship. Uh-huh. Why do you think that those relationships between churches are important uh, for 
for local churches individually to, to build and establish? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's great for, for us to know that, that there are like-minded people out there, you mm-hmm. know, whether we get the Elijah you know, complex or, you know, the way, right. I, the way Alan uh, will put it is, you know, we'll get ingrown eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think it is for King James churches that believe the way we believe um, and, and, not from a legalistic standpoint, from right. a, you know, from a balanced standpoint. We fit in a weird in between. We do, yeah. And so uh, it is good for the Living Faith Fellowship in general. It's first of all, it's good for us, I think, as pastors, mm-hmm. just to to know that there's other guys out there slugging it out like yeah. we are and, yeah. and trying to stick by the stuff and 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 trying to hold to hold to the truth and mm-hmm. and and there's other guys doing that too. There's you know, there's a comfort I think in that. Sure, uh, but then for our churches, man, I, I think it's good to see that 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 same thing that man we're not the only church out there mm-hmm. that's doing this, and um, we have some brothers and sisters across this world, across this country, that we can link arms with, mm-hmm. and that you know we can whether it's through LFBI, whether it's through missions and supporting, you know, our churches, missionaries, whatever, yeah. whatever the the route might be. Yeah, that's um, been that's a huge a, benefit. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, I think it's just easy for any church just to think it there's not a lot going on out there going on out there besides us. Yeah. You know, that you know, especially if you're in a town like New Philadelphia and it, it's 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 a, it's a small town and it's good to see man, God's God's doing stuff. Yeah, for sure. All over all over the place. And you mentioned it, but it's worth noting. I mean, it's it's wonderful that that a guy like Kale mm-hmm. can come to Kansas City or to a, another fellowship church, and and ha- we can trust Kale as a missionary mm-hmm. because we know where he came from. Right. We know what he yeah. believes, and we don't have to guess. There's no guesswork in terms of how he was trained. Yeah. But then that's reciprocated because we can Absolutely. send a guy like Andrew Ong, who wants to go to Vietnam, right. can come to FBC Absolutely. and feel welcomed immediately. It feels like a second home. Yeah. And he knows that there is going to be some level of support. Absolutely. And we're and, super excited about Andrew, yeah, man. That's, and that's such a wonderful thing that we is. get to share. And I think for a lot of Baptists, they don't have that. Uh-huh. Independent Baptists don't often have those kinds of relationships. And right. so... We see it as super valuable. We see it, our unity is, is particularly important. Mm-hmm. We, we have to fight for it. It's not an easy thing. We're yeah. all culturally a little bit different. We right. have our, yeah. our idiosyncrasies. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, we all have core beliefs that we agree on. And mm-hmm. then, you know, there's, yeah, we have cultural things yeah. that are different. Kansas City is obviously a different place than New Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Ohio. That's okay. But we get to accept that. Yeah, absolutely. And learn, and absolutely. learn from it. Right. You know, it's yeah. good. Yeah. So uh, certainty conference, uh, we need the certainty conference. The doctrinal thing is super important. Mm-hmm. Uh, us reminding ourselves of, of of theology that's constantly being fought against, mm-hmm. like truths that we do hold to, mm-hmm. just from the world, from people that we would think are even like, you know, other Baptists, right? Are are hedging on truth that we held to, you know, for sure, for century. Yeah. Uh, so it's good to have a conference that reaffirms truths, old truths, old beliefs. Mm-hmm that we've stood on for a really long time. This year, we're gonna be talking about worship That's right. at the Certainty Conference. How did you select that topic? Why is that important? Well, it's it's been a theme of ours at First Baptist Church uh, for this entire year. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I was 
you know, I was going back and forth on, on really what the topic should be where, you know, God finally was like, it's been in front of you like this, yeah. this whole time. Yeah. Like, um, so we've placed an emphasis on it. And, um, and so it's a little different than topics is, in the past. It because, is, it is different. Cause it's not, a, it's not like, uh, we've talked about the preservation of God's word. We've talked about eschatology, yeah. like kind Soteriology, of heady, like yeah. very heady right. topics that we've often tackled. Right. This one has more of kind of like a, a, an ephemeral yeah. <laughs> abstract quality. Right. But there is very firm doctrine in scripture that is worth tying together so that so that we can yeah. learn this. So yeah, no, I'm really excited about yeah. it. And it is kind of the first year that we, we've, we've had a plan for like the, all of the um, certainty conferences kind of up to this year. And, mm -hmm. and, and when we finished last year, we did the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And that was kind of the last one that we had said, okay, we really want to put our mark yeah. as a fellowship. Oh, it was so good. What we believe in these areas, yeah. so on soteriology, on eschatology, on you know, ministry of the Holy Spirit and kind of, right address, you know, what we believe and what we don't believe, what's out there in error. Right. Um, but, so this is kind of the first year. It's like, we can kind of talk, we can talk about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of where worship came from because it's been a focus. It's been a, a focus of my heart for our church. Yeah. And so, so where um, you, you mentioned that a lot of times is this stuff where there's, we know that there's air kind of waiting at the doorstep. We want to address yeah. it. We want to head it off and we want to establish, you know, as a fellowship, what we hold to. Now, I think actually worship is really critical. Mm -hmm. What kind of air is uh, is out there that it's trying to impede on the the average Bible-believing Christian's ability to worship the Lord? What are the things that are fighting against that in terms of... Yeah, I think, I think um, that's a little bit difficult to define, but I define it with these two words, <laughs> um, liturgy and emotion. Mm -hmm. And so I think on one side, people will define worship in a very specific way, and it has to look like X, Y, and Z from a liturgical standpoint. Yeah. And then on the other side, um, that it's emotion-based and that it, it has to involve a feeling. Mm -hmm. And the emotion of the moment, if, if, I, if I feel a certain way, then I must be worshiping the Lord. Right. Um, and I think that is, I yeah. think both of those. So, you know, John 4, 24, worship him in spirit and in truth. Mm -hmm. And so we, we can't miss, we can't go to either extreme and swing too far on either pendulum. We need a balanced approach to what is the Bible really? Right. How does the Bible address worship? And I, you know, I think we'll, man, we'll I, dude, I think that. that's an awesome way of, of describing the issues. Uh -huh. Because I think on one hand, you do have uh, Baptist churches and people that have maybe come up Baptistic, leaning further and further uh, towards more of a liturgical perspective, uh -huh. um, things that we would consider to be, you know, Catholic or, or right. orthodox in right. an unfavorable way, right. and leaning more towards traditions and, and relying on uh, mechanisms. Uh -huh to feel close to, yep. to the Lord, right? right. Um, and I think that's kind of in some ways about feeling too. It, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right? you it's, are right. It's feeling based that direction as well yeah. in, in no, some ways right. because people don't really know why they do it. They just do it because they feel like it's right. Uh -huh. yeah. And on the other hand, we have obviously a more of a charismatic approach, yeah. which is also encroaching in the, the Baptist world. And, and, For sure. and maybe in some ways good 
you know, maybe we need to be yeah. a little bit liberated. But sure. the problem is, are people chasing a fuzzy feeling? Yeah, like exactly. a warmth. Like I've only met with the Lord when I've wept in a worship service. Yes. Or, you know, and, and then you're then now you're relying on all the, all these other things like did the worship meet my expectation? Right. Was it good enough? Was right. it did it meet me in a cultural Absolutely. Place? So these and, are all problems. And and obviously worship is about what we're able to give to the Lord. Yeah. It's not even what we receive. Right. And and that can get flipped really quick. Yeah. If we're not careful. We're going to pause right here for just a second so we can hear from one of our students from the Living Faith Bible Institute. My name is Blade Spiza. I'm from Living Faith Lee Summit in the Kansas City, Missouri area. And I just want to share a little bit about LFBI. It feels like a commercial and I don't want it to be that. I actually want to speak to you just as an individual who loves God and wants to serve God and give your life to Him. LFBI, though it may seem academic, is actually an opportunity for you to have an intimate walk with the Lord. And you know, you go through discipleship, you get involved in ministry, and, and as you continue to grow, God gives you stuff and you begin investing in people. And a lot of times, uh, as you begin investing in people, you, you fail to get fed yourself. And so I know for me, as a growing leader in ministry, I've, I've found seasons in my life that are really dry. And LFBI has been amazing for me just to be reminded of, about how awesome the Word of God is and how faithful God has been and, and how perfect God's Word is for me. And uh, I would just encourage you this semester to, to take on a little bit more. Maybe you're thinking, I don't, ha I don't have time. <laughs> I, I'm so busy. You know, I, I feel like I'm just doing too much. I want to encourage you that LFBI doesn't have to be academic. You can actually approach God's Word devotionally in that time and trust Him to speak to you in the quietness of a classroom setting. If you're on the fence about LFBI, I just want to encourage you to get started uh, by signing up for a class. If you've never done it, I encourage you to, to hop in maybe to a Bible survey class or foundations. Um, if, if you've been doing LFBI for a little while and you understand the workload, take on a little bit more. Step out in faith. To enroll for classes, visit lfbi.org. To support LFBI, please visit lfbi.org support. So then with that in mind, you know, the whole spirit and truth thing, how does that affect a believer's personal life. Like if we're talking about the conference and the time that we're going to get away and mm -hmm. the, the time we're going to spend studying worship, maybe give us a glimpse of what it is that you believe we need to get a hold of and as, as individual believers. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, and I don't, I don't want to steal the thunder. Of, sure. Of, of, I know, we, of give course, us a taste. I don't even know what the guys are going to say. Right. But, sure. <laughs> but um, you know, I think what we have to understand is so if, if we apply the the law of first mention mm -hmm. to worship, and, and and people will do this commonly, and they'll go to Genesis twenty two, which sure. is with with Abraham and Isaac, and they'll talk about sacrifice. Okay, so that was Abraham's response; he was willing to sacrifice his son. And okay, so we that's that's true. But the the thing I think people miss out of that that passage is the submission side by Isaac. Mm -hmm. So because because what Abraham said was we, yeah. and me and the lad, will go yonder to worship. We yeah. we are going to worship. So that means Isaac was worshiping too, not only. For sure. So Abraham's side was sacrifice. Isaac's side was submission. Mm. And being willing to submit to what his father had for him. Yeah. In spite of, of what the circumstances look like. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if, if, I don't know if this is what you were asking for, but no, if you wanted my like sidewalk definition yeah. of, of worship, it would be, 
it would it would involve sacrifice and submission. So as you submit to the Lord, what His Word has to say, what He has for you, what is it? What's that cost you? Right. And what's what's God get out of it? Yeah. Um, because ultimately, that is what that is what worship is. It's it's adoration. It's ascribing worth. Mm-hmm. And and worship is unique to the believer, which which goes back. What I'm about to say goes back to John 4, 24, because in, in John 4, 23 and 24, God doesn't actually ask for worship. He asks for worshipers. Mm-hmm. And that's a distinct, like, listen, mm-hmm. the angels worship him. The, the cre- his creation worships him every yeah. day. What he wants it out of us, yeah. out of our free will choice. He's, he's looking when it comes to believers, he's looking for worshipers to yes. worship him. Yeah. And so... Um, you know, so how do you, so how do you do that? Well, how do you ascribe that worth to Him? Um, you know, it comes out of it comes out of obedience to God's word. It comes out of a willingness to do whatever it says, even if it doesn't line up with yeah with what you have to say. So, so is praise involved in that? Of course, it is mm-hmm. because it's an opportunity to ascribe worth to, to let Him yes. know. But is is does praise equal worship? Well, no, no. I mean, it's a if, facet. If, if it's just, if, if your worship is limited to a, the, the praise time, the, you know, the, the, what we call, you know, praise and worship or whatever on Sunday morning. Well, I mean, you're, you're sadly lacking. You're likely an idolater you know? the rest of the week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying, Troy, like is, is wonderful. That's a great response. Um, I, and I think you're right. All of that is true. And one of the things I really uh, appreciate about the idea of sacrifice and submission, right, embodied in individuals who had to make decisions, mm-hmm. right? Like, I will, I will willingly give up whatever is required of me in order to honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, submission, I'm willing to, I am willing to yield in whatever way, mm-hmm. surrender in whatever way I need to. Uh, in order to obey the Lord. Mm-hmm. And then you have both of those things embodied in the ram. Right. Right. Like, Absolutely. like at the end of the day, we all, I think we also, when we, we look at this first mention, we also forget the fact that the worship, Isaac was not sacrificed, mm-hmm. but worship took place that day, not only in the sacrifice of Abraham, not only in the submission of Isaac, but, the, but something died. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was the savior. Right. And he is, he is the focal point of everything that we do. Absolutely. And it's our life. Yeah. And you can't get away. So, you know, when you look at sacrifice in the Bible, you, you, you can't get away from, from death. You can't no. get away from, from the blood. Mm-hmm. Well, when, when, it, when you expand that out to worship, you can't get away from death. Mm-hmm. Because to truly worship the Lord in the way he requires or the way he desires. Yeah. Um, it has to be you know, some crucifixion, you yeah. know, mortifying of that flesh. Which I wonder, you know, you bring that up. It's so interesting because I think that that, the, the blood of the cross, the gruesome nature of what Christ had to go through is often uh, in the church today is kind of dismissed mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. uh, for more of a, uh, a, a warmer, more gentle view of right. Christ, a more friendly view of, of who Jesus is, and they, they forego the, the, what was actually 
endured, which I think is really, really important. I know Baptists oh. like Baptists like to say, well, our Jesus is not on the cross anymore. Right. Right. So, you know, we don't depict cross. But OK, his resurrection is is critical. Yeah. But his death is critical, too. Absolutely. And if we're going to worship, we have to remember like that's the ordinance. We have to remember the yeah. gruesomeness of the death. But we forget. We don't even know how to do Lord's Supper right. Yeah. So, so we just did Lord's Supper last Sunday. Yeah. And one thing I said to our, our congregation, and I, and I try to say this type of thing most times, is, you know, we typically always view the cross as something done for us. Mm-hmm. And that's true. I mean, of course. I mean, praise the Lord, you know. But in this context, we need to see the cross as something done by us. Yeah. It was my sin that put yeah. him there. Yeah. You know? And... And that, because that brings perspective, that brings, it ought to bring perspective. It ought to then bring thanksgiving. Yes. And, and it's, that sets the stage for the worship of that, of that ordinance mm-hmm. and what you're doing in that moment. Yeah. Um, and the solemnness of it. And, and you know, and it, again, there's, he didn't stay on the cross, so it's not a funeral. Right. But, but man, if, if you can't kind of see the ramifications of, of what happened, you know. It becomes sterile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're just checking a box. You're just right. doing another, you're, you're back to liturgy. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, it's supposed to be messy for us. Yeah. Which is like, you know, at our church, we, you, we break the crackers, and, yeah. you know. And even if it's, you know, during COVID, we got the little wafer things. Uh-huh. Like, I made a purpose to show my kids when we were doing Lord's Supper, we break the bread. And you ought to picture in your mind the yeah. breaking of Christ's right, body. Like, right, right. It should be vivid for right. you because the whole darn thing is a mess. Right. It was a bloody mess for, for sure for us. Right. Yeah, Which for is sure. so powerful, you know. Yeah. And then going back to worship, you know, the, the one thing I didn't say earlier is then that gives us, so he's, you know, that's what God is asking for, worshipers. Um, what, what else can we give him? Like, mm-hmm. and this is... Yeah, the earth is his, the fullness thereof. Yeah. I mean, this is God. Right. But there is something he asks of us. There is something he's given all for us. Well, worship is something we can give back yeah. to, to the God of the universe. Yeah. Uh, how cool is that? Man. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited. Yeah. It's we, just, gonna, we just got our tickets yesterday, awesome. I think. Good. So Good deal. I'm ready to, I'm ready to come out. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, tell us about the the pastors that you invited to speak. So Pastor Kenny Morgan, okay, uh, here right here from Midtown mm-hmm. Baptist Temple, is going to be the evening speaker. Um, so Kenny is my best friend in the ministry, and and um, it makes I, sense. Yeah, yeah, it, it was yeah. So I'm people I'm love super, to hear Kenny. Yeah, he's a Kenny's, he's like a conference guy. By he's the way. awesome. Yeah, he's is the he, kind yeah, of guy. He's the, yeah. That you want at a conference. Right. He's going to speak with clarity. It'll be conviction. He's got that booming voice. Right. He's just one of the greatest preachers oh, that man. I know. So not only yeah. is he my best friend, he's uh, that doesn't actually get you an invite. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have to be good at what yeah, you Yeah, for, yeah. Sure. <laughs> for sure. So, and he is. Yeah. And he and I have been talking a fair bit. And, and listen, he's taken this as seriously as, as you know, as, I know that. as you'd expect. Yep. Um, and then in the morning, we'll have uh, Alan Shelby, who'll give us the doctrine of theology. Mm-hmm. And um, then we'll have uh, Pastor Steve Charette, 
And so some people might be familiar with Steve, but but many won't. Mm-hmm. Um, so Steve is from Gardner, Massachusetts, outside Boston. Um, Steve was, a, he's actually retired now, but was pastored uh, First Bible Baptist Church, Gardner, Massachusetts, for many years. Mm-hmm. Um, still helping, has turned it over yeah. to a guy still helping there. Um, was a, a state trooper. Right. Uh, Massachusetts State Trooper for you know many many years and uh, thirty some thirty five years retired mm-hmm. um, from that job and Steve is going to Steve's going to do some unique things like Steve always always yeah. does and he's going to give us some patterns and pictures of worship in the Bible that once you see um, you know he'll he'll, he'll he's going to break down the tabernacle but he's going to break it down in a, like we've all we all know like you know the the instruments and the you know this sure. the the, the everything that's in the in the tabernacle yeah. and the temple and those pictures. He's going to break it down much different than that, than a traditional way and how it pictures worship. And, and then once you see the pattern of the tabernacle, you see it throughout scripture. Yeah. And there's some, there's some cool stuff that he's going to, he's going to, he's going to be looking at. I'm excited. It'll about open. That. I think it'll open all of our eyes to just, we'll see, we'll see that pattern. We'll see the Bible in a little different way as it come with respect to worship. So with those guys, um, what what should people expect? What are kind of the activities that are going on? Uh, if if people people were to decide to come, uh-huh. what would they anticipate in terms of services and activities when they get there? Yeah, so we'll have morning sessions mm-hmm. uh, uh, Monday through Wednesday um, from nine to noon. We'll start on Sunday, October second, October second through the fifth. So a okay. Sunday through a Wednesday. Okay. So we'll start on Sunday. I'll actually preach Sunday morning. Kenny will preach Sunday night, so our, our services are 10.30 on Sunday morning, and then the evening services are all at 6.30. Um, so I'll kick it off uh, that morning, and then and then Kenny will take over that night. Um, so we'll have 6.30 to 8 every night, and then the morning sessions will be 9 to noon. Um, we'll, we're going to do that a little bit differently this year, um, although with the same time frame. We'll have mm-hmm. two one-hour sessions with some break okay. and some fellowship time okay. in there as well. Um, so Alan will speak an hour, Steve will speak an hour each morning um, uh, in, in their respective areas, um, kind of going back and forth off each other. Okay. And um, and then we'll have, we will have some planned activities in the afternoon that people are like, don't have to participate in, but right. um, they'll Optional be available things. to them. So, yeah. so for example, the you know the Pro Football Hall of Fame is like thirty minutes from yeah. us, and so and we'll have a group. Amazing, it is cool. If you haven't seen it, yeah. it, it is cool to see if you're a football fan yeah. at all. Um, so we'll have a group going up there one day. You know, we'll have a pastors' luncheon on Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, so any pastor around town will yeah. will be able to. And man, if if you have never been, we'd love for you to come, and we'd love to meet you and and. You're invited. It's not. This yeah. isn't just Living Faith Fellowship no, no, no. pastors. If, yeah, and that's why it's like a loose network yeah, because we right. want people to feel like they can get in easily. It's easy to access. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so uh, all pastors will be invited to that lunch mm-hmm. on Monday. We'll have some other activities throughout the week that'll be planned that if people yeah. want to go to, and then we'll have dinner back at the church at five thirty every night. Again, just available yep. for folks, and then yeah. the evening service will start at, at you guys at do such a good job hosting. Well, we have great people, man. Yeah. It, that that just comes down truly. I mean, I know every church says that, every pastor says that, sure. but ours are the best. Yeah, they're awesome. They're, they're like the you were mentioning the evening dinner and the amount of energy that goes into making sure. Yeah. Go, there's so many people eating at that meal. Uh huh. It is packed. Yeah, it's and yeah. The our gym will be full. Just, I mean, I had someone like come and. Asked me if I needed more water while I was sitting yeah, there. Like I can right. get my own water, but it was just 
to feel loved and served in that way is humbling and, jo- and joyful. Yeah. yeah. And one other thing we're going to do this year. So we have a barn. Um, mm-hmm. If you've been there before, you know the, the barn. And we do fellowship every evening. Yeah. Afterwards. So everybody yeah. can kind of come up. We have coffee. We have good coffee. And and, and it goes late. And it goes late. We're going to open that up in the afternoon as oh, well. Okay. So we're, we rem- well, we're in the process of remodeling um, the basement down okay. there. Um, and so hopefully we'll, we'll have that done by Saturday. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe nobody will take advantage of this, but we are going to have it open sure. in the afternoon if, if guys don't want to just sit in the lobby of the hotel or whatever. Right. They can come hang out yeah. in the barn and, yeah. and it'll be a comfortable environment. That's great. Tell us one more time why you think people should come. I'd love for y'all to come. I'd love for everybody to come. Yeah. Um, it's October 2nd through the 5th in New Philadelphia, Ohio, First Baptist Church in New Philadelphia. Um, if, you, if you're coming from out of town, there is a, an airport in the Akron, Canton area. Sometimes it's hard to get flights out of there. You can also fly into Cleveland or Pittsburgh. We're both mm-hmm. about an hour and a half away from both of those. Um, but it's a it's first of all, you're going to get unparalleled, in my opinion, Bible teaching yeah. on this subject. And it is, I love I love the conferences because I get to see people that you know that I don't get to see that often. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just a great time of fellowship. If you're new, listen, we'll love on you. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll feel welcome. Yeah, for sure. Um, I believe that. Um, you'll get great Bible teaching. I think you'll come away encouraged. I think you'll come away refreshed. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and it's a, it, and this isn't the reason to come, but it's a beautiful time of year in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Um, the weather the, the will fall, be just right. The fall, the weather should be great. I mean, there's, you know, there's always a chance that that, Something messes it up and it rains. It's been sunny. It rains on it's us. Been sunny but every usually, time there. yeah, early October is a great time of year. Um, it's a beautiful part of the country. Yeah. There's some cool things. Um, it's it's rural, but there's some cool things to yeah. do. And Amish country. Amish available. country. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, listen, there's some people like that a lot. There's some good food out there. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so. Troy, uh, long overdue. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to invite you back on the show. Okay. okay. And we'll talk about something really deep. No, and, listen, but, this was great. But Thanks this for inviting so me. wonderful, man. Yeah, I Thank loved you. it. This was fun. And we want to invite you to come to the Certainty Conference. Uh, I'll be there. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I know there'll be pastors from all over the U.S., maybe even from around the world that will be there. It will be an encouragement. It will be edifying. If you go to lffellowship.com and you go to the conference section of our site, there's a, there's a section devoted to the Certainty Conference and it'll have a lot of the information that you need, a place where you can sign up, uh, a list of hotels with links where you can uh, make reservations to stay. All the information you need will, will likely be there. Uh, feel free to reach out to us if you have questions. But we are so grateful for the time that you've spent with me and with Troy. I'm so glad to have him on the show. Um, we are looking forward to having you back again with us next Monday for another episode of The Postscript. And I would be remiss to mention uh, that if you've got questions about LFBI, visit lfbi.org to get those questions answered. And if you if you have interest in specific classes, you can always reach out to us uh, and we will be glad to answer those for you. But we love you. We're grateful for you. And any time that you've spent with us has been special. Uh, we'll see you again next week for another episode of The Postscript. God bless. Thanks for listening to The Postscript. If you enjoy the show, please leave us a rating and review in order to help other people find our podcast. If you value this show, please help us continue creating content by supporting Living Faith Bible Institute at lfbi.org support.